Hey there, welcome to episode 9 of 40 Stories. I'm Lou S. Chain, I am your host. 40 Stories is about capturing the experience of midlife at the pivotal age of 40, so each guest on the show is exactly 40 years old. The show explores what we share as a generation and how our upbringing and life experience can shape us as individuals. If you know a 40-year-old in the Portland, Oregon area who might like to come on the show, please get in touch at lou at 40storiespodcast.com. Thank you, as always, to Ecology for Keyboards for the music. You can find Ecology for Keyboards on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. Thank you, Shoshana Simonson, for technical support. My guest on the show today is Gage Reeves. He is originally from central Washington, but he spent the last 20 years in Portland teaching, mentoring teachers, playing music, and being a family man. Please enjoy my chat with Gage. On my 40th birthday, I sat in an art link letter recliner chair most of the day, aside from going to the bathroom, and um, had beans and rice, I think, for dinner. I might be corrected on that. But um, it's something very uh, simple um, as I was recuperating from uh, an ear surgery. Wow. Man, all these birthday stories are depressing me lately. <laughs> yeah. It's really revealing when you talk about a 40-year-old birthday party. The last one was, I was sick in a hotel room. I'm like, jeez. Oh, yes. <laughs> the party's over. I, I know, I know. I'm looking forward to the next one. The 41, I should make up for everything. Really? Yeah, that's great. Okay, Gage, um, tell me uh, where you where you grew up, and yeah. tell me a little bit about your family life, your parents, um, what kind of childhood you had. I was uh, born in Ellensburg, Washington. It's a pretty little valley in the center of the state. I was uh, had two younger brothers. Um, my parents um, were both teachers, um, school teachers. My dad was a PE teacher and an elementary school teacher, fourth grade, um, and my mom... Um, worked with uh, kindergarten kids for a while, and then um, and then worked at the Christian school until retiring just recently. Yeah, and we lived in a cabin um, ten miles outside of Ellensburg that my dad built, the log cabin that my dad built. Um, and uh, yeah, the little creek, Manastash Creek, runs through the backyard, and um, you know, little t- acres and few acres in this uh, little river valley. So, how big was the cabin? Uh, there was, uh, it's, it's a classic, it's like a half loft, three, three open door bedrooms, just kind of open air bedrooms upstairs for me and my brothers. Um, and then big central uh, staircase comes down the middle, all logs that were, uh, logged from a fire up in the, uh, Tianaway, which was a neighboring kind of a, uh, forest, um, area to the valley. And, uh, and then there were two bedrooms downstairs. Yeah. Two baths. You know, See, I mean, a, a, big, a big, big cabin. cabin. Yeah. yeah, we call it the cabin. My mom was just telling me, like, uh, I don't, why do you guys call it the cabin? It's not, when I think of a cabin, I think of uh, this the tiny little box on One the lakeside room. or something. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's our cabin, but it's uh, it was a luxurious cabin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's still there? Yeah, yeah. They still, they live, still there. live there. Wow. Yeah, it took my dad six years to build it. So most of my childhood, uh, before that, I was, we were in, um, he managed a trailer park in town. So we were, in a trailer, you know, with all the other kids in the trailers and running around the trailer park so, nice. while so, he was building the cabin. That must have been a big change going from the trailer park to this, like, kind of, were you isolated a little bit? Yeah, I mean, at 10 miles outside of town, yeah, we had mm-hmm. neighbors that were um, shared neighboring plots, but no kids, mm-hmm. you know, up there. We'd have to, we had to go down the, uh, get, we had to go down the road if we wanted to meet up with people, you know, we had, <laughs> yeah. to, we had to get in the car, ride our bikes down the country road, so. Nice. That sounds like yeah. a really sweet childhood. I think it was a wonderful childhood. We were very fortunate. Yeah. Yeah. We sweet. were very fortunate cool. and we got to play outside all the time. And, um, yeah, parents were just empowered us to do whatever we wanted. So awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was wonderful. So did that, uh, empowerment and encouragement go through your life? Did they, did they sort of, uh, guide you to school and to do what you want, loved and wanted as a, as an adult as well? Just I maybe they um, fostered independence, I would say, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to be more specific. So they um, no other than financially cutting me off when I was like 18 and a half because of all of my horrible um, 
non-Christian life choices ah. that I was taking. Oh, we'll um, get into those. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, I hope so. That plays a big role. <laughs> Definitely. So they were very Christian, I'm uh, guessing. Yes, very much <laughs> and so. And you went to church your whole life? Yeah. What kind yeah. of uh, church? We uh, belong to the Christian Missionary Alliance. I've never heard of this. <laughs> no, totally. It's um, <clears throat> very... Um, yeah, they would they would be sad if they heard me, but it's very uh, and they will, I'm sure, at some point. Um, they they are missionaries, so a yeah. portion of all the tithes, uh, all the time, go to missions all um, over the world. Yeah, support families all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you have to go on any missionary? Didn't trips? have to go on missionary trips, but had like friends, you know, mm-hmm. families that left, you know, for four years and came wow. back, you know, as different people and um, yeah. whatnot. And mainly, uh, I just they were very. Um, I guess my parents chose every year to take us to a camp that, um, in reflection, was kind of a, it was a different, it must have been a different sect of that kind of missionary group. They were very spiritual warfare, kind of, um, there was some, yeah, mm. I don't know, there was a lot of, yeah, there was yeah. Uh, that end of the, thi- the spectrum. Right, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think. a little yeah. intense, yeah. yeah. I was raised Pentecostal, I understand the uh, intensities of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exorcisms. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. What do you want to do? Let's do an exorcism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's stay up all night until you get your gift from the Holy Spirit. Oh, goodness. Did you ever get that one? Uh-uh. I don't know. No, we didn't have that one. No, they, yeah. we, there was a lot of speaking in tongues in my church. And uh, I think all I got out of it was laying under the pews and watching people pick their noses. Right. That was the most interesting oh, thing for me. Watch people fall asleep. Me and my brothers, they'd start pecking and then <laughs> we'd start laughing. My dad would lean over and he'd say, if you don't stop laughing, I'm going to spank your asses when we get home. I thought <laughs> that was the most Christian, Christian thing ever. I know. <laughs> so you're like, you did my dad said ass in yeah, church. Yeah, I know, said ass in church, so you're trying not to laugh at that. And then you've got to... <laughs> oh, it's impossible to not laugh <laughs> right? in church when I you're know. trying not you're to. Like, you're oh, like, oh, the hypocrisy. What? I, 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 there's so many things I want to say right now. <clears throat> That's awesome. <laughs> did any of your... How many brothers do you have? I have two younger brothers. Two younger. And did yeah. any of... Did the Christianity mm-hmm. stick with them? Yeah, yeah. I'm oh, the, really? Yeah. You're the rebel. Yeah, I'm the rebel. I, I always inter- I always interview the rebels. I think <laughs> it's our generation, maybe. Yeah, very well could be. And, you know, there's a, the birth order, firstborn kind right. of, um, yeah, right, yeah, the thing I think plays a little bit of a role. But. It might. It very well may, yeah. Um, so what was I going to ask you about? Okay, so you, you at 18, they cut you off. Yeah, yeah. What kind of life choices were you making then that... Just... Um, debaucherous ones mostly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just really trying everything out. Um, and drugs, sex, yeah. rock and roll. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. All the good, all the good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was the beginning of when I really started damaging my ears, for, you know, Sweet. For all the hot, loud music and, uh, power tools. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. So I just did college, you know? And so I just had to it was great. It was a great, in hindsight, it was a great lesson. You know, it was, it forced me to, um, budget my money, you know, and if I wanted beer every night, then I had to somehow make more than that mm-hmm. costs Sure. in order to <laughs> still buy food also, which is important. Apparently it's one of the important things that you have to budget for and your whole life shelter. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just like the, even if I just wanted the basics, I, Still had to figure the that out. The money's got to come from somewhere. <laughs> no, I think, in, you know, 1920, that's a good time to, yeah, learn those lessons. I think and, that's true. <clears throat> that's true. Still, it's, you're not, there's nothing you can't come back from. I still feel that way, but, um, you know, I guess there are some things, but. <laughs> like um, what? <laughs> I know. Yeah, I just try to think. I, I could make really destructive choices, I guess, which would then nothing would ever be the same. That's so that's true. a version of uh, that's not true. never coming back. But. Parallel universe, you dare not tread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like to intend a better future for myself. Yeah, well, perfect. Uh-huh. So, okay, so you went to college. Yeah, yeah. I went to Washington State University. You did. Studied not too education. Far from home. Yeah. Studied education. Yeah. Chip off the old block. Uh-huh. Yeah, my dad tried to talk me into going into the military. Oh, isn't that that's crazy? Weird? I know, I know. Yeah. It's often I reflect on that. What an enigma your dad is. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you, well, yeah, that's a very nice way to put it. <laughs> was and he, accurate. Was, he's an he is an enigma. Was yeah. he an, was he a military man? Yeah, he was. Um, he was a medic and in, in the military enlisted during Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And then um, was a part of um, just one 
battalion maybe or platoon some unitary measurement of group group size <laughs> um of humans yeah humans <laughs> in the uniform right. um moved to uh sent to alaska instead of vietnam where they sure. were doing drills and um and uh pressing our stretching our borders i don't know you know like enforcing our right. um that we were afraid of the soviets you know right right yeah your mom, your mom was a teacher. Yeah, she was an army brat growing up, so oh, she really? was, comes from military too. Her father was a three-star general in Vietnam, and so he was in charge of the Fifth Army. His father was um, the economic, the director of economy for the reconstruction of Germany post-war um, Bavaria. So he um, basically helped set up all industry and transportation and energy, um, and which which involved getting a bunch of corporations going again and you know it was it was actually kind of the last time we really involved you know engaged in reconstruction that just costs us money instead of making mm -hmm. a bunch of people money mm -hmm. it seems really interesting i've reflected on this a lot yeah but the uh, anyway yeah so and then he was in the cia after that doing radio towers and, and radio broadcasts so yeah she comes from army they were in different spots every two years you know and wow. so so both your parents kind of had that and your dad mm -hmm. has obviously has a positive view of it yeah 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 that's because he didn't end up in vietnam yeah, i'm pretty sure <laughs> yeah he is um he he describes himself as um just being a product of his environment and experience which is what we all are <laughs> yeah <laughs> cannot escape that no, can we we cannot <laughs> um let's see okay so yes. you went to college um <laughs> uh, i took five and a half to, uh years to get uh uh, bachelor's of um, arts in, in elementary education and graduated and had my first job um, here as a, um, I got hired in 2000 um, as a teacher and um, I, uh, I was 24 and so I was just, I jumped right into my career. I mean, I went right to school and jumped right into my career. I spent the summers fighting fires, um, working for the Forest Service um, and that also helped uh, pay off uh, some of the student loans um, my last couple of years of college, and I continued to do that for a couple of years as I was teaching. Uh, my wife um, and I got married um, in uh, 2002, um, and uh, she was also a wildland firefighter, um, but we grew up in the same town, so she, her parents, um, she, she grew up at Ellen, in Ellensburg, went to Ellensburg High School. Did you know her? And yeah, she oh, was okay. two years younger than I, um, um, I am, and um, she... Went to, yeah, I mean, she just, it was a small school. We had like 170 to 180 or whatever in each class, you know, and so you knew the other people mostly. She was a jock, super jock. So, yeah, she's like on the front, she was on, on the front uh, stage a lot. So mm -hmm. um, I would watch her. <laughs> I would watch her from afar, um, but we didn't date in high school. Yeah, we, we had a little high school her. crush. That yeah, eventually oh, totally, resulted totally. in yeah, a marriage. Yeah, That's yeah, pretty yeah. cute. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's one of those <laughs> one of those stories, definitely. Yeah. Um, so we got married in 2002. Um, we fought fires for a while. I taught for three years at Vernon. And hold um, on, Mustafi, did yeah, you yeah. Um, did you reconnect <clears throat> with her? Uh, so at some point, or yeah, was it, yeah. My junior year of college, I walked away from. So I went to Washington State, and then I um, was dissatisfied with my life choices at the moment and I signed up to study Spanish in Guadalajara for six months um, that was gonna start after um, the summer it was gonna start right in the fall and so um, we kind of reconnected that summer she was redoing her senior year of high school in um, Barcelona um, as a rotary exchange for a year and so she went on this abroad experience and I went on this other abroad experience and came back um, uh, and that next summer, we started hanging out. So, yeah, I think it was 97 or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We so celebrated you... her 19th birthday. Wow. Bottle of gin in Hell her grandma's yeah, backyard <laughs> looking at the stars. See, that's the birthday <laughs> no one tells me about their 40th birthday. Well, we were in the backyard with a gun and a bottle of gin. No, that's not happening anymore. No, no, no. Right. No, no, no. Much different than my recliner birthday. Yeah. Um, I but... think I ate beans and rice. <laughs> right. so, yeah, right. Something real simple. Easy to digest. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, yeah. so you dated for several yeah, years. We dated five years. My mom said, "Don't live with anybody until you get married." And my my wife's mom said, "Don't marry anyone you have not lived with for at least five years." Whoa. Yeah. So we had we went with that. 
Yeah. That was pretty, I think it was wise. We got to know each other and got to get over ourselves a little bit. I got to go over, get over myself mostly. So yeah, I taught for uh, three years and then uh, my wife, Sarah and I uh, took a, I took a year's leave of absence. I was, I got pink slipped every year. My first three years of teaching, like wasn't sure if I was going to have a job. Um, for what you for rebel? teaching? No, yeah, I know. Just um, budget cuts. It's just oh, like has happening gotcha. now, and so oh, okay. they, would, they would. I thought pink slip was like you did yeah, something wrong. Yeah, I don't I know. know anything about. Oh that. yeah, no, totally. And it's probably not even on pink paper anymore. They probably just chose to do that back then. Right. Um, but it was. Uh, um, that's what I called it. Um, anyway, I yeah. So I, I they offered. Uh, we'll give you a year's leave of absence instead of firing you or cutting you loose. And so I took it, and we drove through Mexico and. Um, just road tripped and experienced it all. This is pre-kids. Yeah, pre-kids. Nice. Yeah, came uh, came back, broke, as just broke, penniless, and went right to work, back to the school, started right back up in my same position. That's awesome. Yeah, and then taught there um, for, um, well, I guess it was like 11 years overall, 11 or 12 years overall, and I um, switched. I was hired as a uh, Portland Public Schools mentor teacher. Um, just a full-time licensed teacher, but um, without classroom responsibilities and 15 um, first and second year licensed middle school teachers at, well, this year I have 15 different schools. So 15 different people at 15 different schools. And so I've done that for the last five years. So wait, you're, you are their mentor? Yeah. Oh, I see. That's yeah. pretty cool. I yeah. didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. Go figure. It's like, yeah, it's a, it works. That's cool. That's great. <laughs> I'm sure they need people. it. No, I just totally. didn't know it existed. That makes yeah. me happy. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't exist everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And sure. it's, um, we've only had it. Yeah. We've been doing it for five years. Here. Do you like this better mentoring, uh, folks instead of teaching? Um, yeah, uh, there's a lot of good stuff. Of, uh, yeah, there was a lot of good stuff. I mean, I, it kind of, um, tickled my ambition to to have a grander impact you know so you know impacting all the students and all of those teachers classrooms and and uh you know shortening the learning curve um so people you know i don't know there's a lot of lessons that you can learn on your own over five years or when somebody's giving you feedback in two yeah, absolutely <laughs> you know? so yeah. speed the process uh, yeah, up yeah, for yeah. People. speed yeah. it up and i that's uh and my job is non-evaluative so i I just like celebrate little things with people. I'm like, wow, did you see what you did today? Did you even realize that? Oh, that's the best ever. And then they feel good about themselves. That's so great. Yeah. How and then cute. it's like job I wish well done. I the whole done. world had that, <laughs> but I'm sure there's no budget for it in most states. Nobody cares. No, yeah. they, at least the people who make the decisions these days don't seem to care. They seem to not care about anything. No. Except money. Money. Um, okay, so that kind of catches Has us up. Wait, when, did right? you, yeah. when did you have kids? Yeah. And how oh, yeah, that, have? oh, yeah. Um, yes, I'm a father. <laughs> yeah. How could I forget? Um, <laughs> I have, um, so my daughter, firstborn daughter, Opal Mo Reeves, was born. What a great name. Yeah, I know. Superhero names, both my kids. <laughs> um, December 5th, um, 2005. Um, so she's, she's knocking on 12. Yeah, knocking on 12. Um, and then uh, my son was born in 2008, Lupin Rain Reeves. Wow. <laughs> I know. It's pretty sweet. It's kind of has this boy named Sue kind of yeah, quality. Yeah. It's yeah. the boy with the well, it's ambiguous wolf flower. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Wolf flower name. Wolf yeah. flower. So he's, um, yeah. And he's, uh, he'll be nine this summer, so. Nice. They both go to school at the back. neighborhood school. Yeah, nice. yeah. They go to your school, right? Yeah, where I was teaching, so it was nice. Yeah. Did you have uh, dreams, passions, ambitions that you that you let go or ignored, or was teaching the thing for you? <laughs> oh wow! I'm gonna um, get real in yeah, this. No, business. I hope so. I'm excited now. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I'm. Um, sometimes I was caught off guard with the idea of. Um, how how quickly I was at work, you know, I, I just was at work mm-hmm. and it seemed natural. I mean, it, it seemed like the natural progression of uh, my own development, you know, inappropriate. And I needed, I mean, needed checks coming in, you know, I mean, there were things I wanted to do. We wanted to get out, you know, there's things that I wanted to do. And so, um, and that gave uh, Sarah the means and the time to go to school. And, you know, so I felt like there was, I felt uh, accomplished you know, mm-hmm. um, right away. And in, in those early years, even how hard it was so hard, um, going to work <laughs> you know, and it wasn't my first time going to work. I did full, lots of physical labor growing up. I worked on the farms and I, uh, fought fires and, you know, did lots of physical stuff that pushed me, um, to my abilities, but getting up every day and, and 
and loving those kids no matter what uh, really pushed it to the limit mm-hmm. <laughs> I bet. for me. It yeah, yeah, like a yeah. Really hard gig. It brought a lot of stuff to the surface, um, but um, I, um, I I'm proud to say that I mean I wanted to have other hobbies. I mean I I had always done physical things. I was a soccer player growing up and a wrestler, and I could do things with my body if I um and I've learned them quickly anyway. Physical things I could duplicate. I can watch somebody do it and I can I could do it myself or I could do it once and I could do it again. Um, but I didn't have a very much arts at all in my life. Very little create creation other than on the soccer field or whatever, you know, and that element of creativity. So yeah, I started, um, I taught myself to play guitar as, as an adult, you know, when I went to Mexico, when we went to our, on a road trip to Mexico, um, my, my, one of my childhood friends gave me a, a 1976 Guild, Sweet. big body Guild, acoustic steel string guitar, and um, and I just got my calluses on that thing, um. Yeah, and then came back to came back to Portland, um, and that was a big. I mean, that was a big. I felt great about starting that. You know, I mean, there was definitely that was something that I wanted to do, and um, and I had been putting it off. Yeah, I mean, there was it was something that I always wanted. Um, I knew some people that were musicians and they were artists and my wife is a, f- a physical artist, a drawer and, um, sketcher and, um, everything. And so, you know, I'm stick figuring and, and like, I don't know, could barely write an essay even coming out of you know college. And I'm just like, <laughs> where can I be my creative outlet? You know? And so I needed a physical task. Um, and so playing guitar, um, did that for me. And then uh, I met a group of, of friendly folks that um, stemmed from a neighbor when I moved to Portland. Um, we lived in, an, um, when we first moved to Portland, Sarah and I, um, we moved from in, in 2000 or 99, right before I was hired. Um, here we lived in an up- upstairs apartment, attic apartment on uh, 14th and, and Ash, just south of Burnside, right in the heart of it all down there. Um, some friends from, some, some friendly folks from Kansas moved in next door. Um, it seems to be like a, uh, there's this like teleportation jump off point in Lawrence and a few other places, Austin and Austin. a few other places around. This is right. Okay. See, so yeah, you understand it and you land here and vice versa. A lot of people going back and forth, but, um, they're from Lawrence and, um, and we started hanging out and they became our friend, friend group and we started playing music. So I started playing music with a group of, um, uh, two, three Kansans and, a and a, a kid from, uh, Michigan and another one from uh, uh, Chicago, um, and we called ourselves "Keep Their Keep Your Fork There's Pie," <laughs> and we played music for seven years and made three albums and um, hey, wow. oh yeah, recorded three albums and awesome. played uh, a bunch of bunch of shows mm-hmm. um, over those years. That's where my love of audio kind of mm-hmm. started, doing music recording and um, and then recording all of the other stuff. Um, so, what happened to that band? Yeah, we. Um, well, this is, uh, yeah, we played from uh, 2007 through, um, I guess it's been th- three years ago now. So we, we played for like seven years through 2014 and had kind of a cliche, um, very cliche breakup. Not quite like Fleetwood Mackie, but more like, uh, I don't know, like how many... Billy Joel breakup or something like that, like a love, like a single love breakup that uh, ended up breaking up the 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 band. Oh, uh, that darn. was like the community was divided, and so couldn't be together for lots of reasons. And so it was like one of those, and it was painful. It was like a divorce, you know. Three uh, doing a lot of creation and um, over you know seven or eight years, and that sharing that space, that creative space very intimate mm-hmm. <laughs> so you we uh we had very tight bonds with each other and went through a lot of stuff <clears throat> are they still all in town yeah they're all still in town and actually oh, come on four man. sixth of us Get no four sixth, back of, four sixth of us play music every week and okay. we have right. continued so we call ourselves the big old hearts Aww. and we've been playing um <laughs> we've been playing pretty much since then we took a little break and and um four we reinvented good. ourselves four is great four is a better band number i think it's great it's yeah like that's normally band breakup just uh, ends in like I don't know a genre change maybe and some right. like bringing a little metal 
Yeah. Or like, uh, Are you the I don't same know. genre? <laughs> yeah. We're folky as all get out, you know? <laughs> and you play the guitar. Do you sing as well? Yeah. I play the guitar and sing. And then I expanded and learned how to play the mandolin. So I play that predominantly. Sweet. Mo- most of the time. And so you, then, found uh, your, the you found your, your passion. I am so passionate. I, if I could just do that and not have to make any money. That'd be great, huh? That yeah. seems like a 40-year-old's dream or what? <laughs> I think specifically our generation's dream, actually. <laughs> yeah. All we all want to do is the thing Man. we love and not have to make money. <laughs> no kidding. If those millennials would just just agree with us. I know. Seriously. Maybe they could start making laws to make it so. Those millennials don't have any work ethics. <laughs> don't get me started. I don't know. Is that the truth? Yeah, I don't know. That's or maybe, my experience. Or do they always, do they just have like 12 jobs and just like work around the clock and not, I don't not know. do any of them as well as we do the one repetitive thing that we do That really might well. be it. <laughs> no, I and don't all know. of theirs are online. <laughs> They're totally. So, I don't know. I'm, not, like, I'm talking about actual work. Yeah, wait, how do you have three full-time jobs? Yeah. That doesn't make that doesn't add up. I'm a marketing manager <laughs> for three podcasters. <laughs> That's a good one. I kind of just mocked myself. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, now nah, we got to find our ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we do. Yeah. So, um, are you happy? I'm pretty happy. Yeah. Yeah. You seem happy. I, I'm. I am. I am fortunate. I'm grateful. Um, That's a good uh, element of happiness. I think. <laughs> right. You know. No, totally. I'm just so grateful for. Um, where I'm at, um, this is, you know, this last year, I mean, seeing how a relationship, band relationship can break up and seeing how, um, multiple friends that, you know, have their relationships break up. That's what happens, you know? And like, yeah. and that is, um, you know, you're like, oh yeah, things aren't going to be the same forever. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And you're like, I think I worked really hard to get like things the way they are right now. I really like them the way they are, but, um, at least that's how I think. Um, and then you're reminded you know, you everything know. changes all yeah. the time. Yeah. Health, especially, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. in the last year, I think health for me is having just one more, th- you know, I'm, I'm usually a great, grateful person and I'm aware of the, the things that are, um, I, that I'm very fortunate to have and to experience and to enjoy. Um, and what got me to that point, like, the privilege, <laughs> my white male uh, privilege has carried me pretty easily through this life. And it's important to recognize that, <laughs> I think. So I'm very happy and I'm mostly, you know, grateful um, for what I, ha- what I have. And I don't mean stuff. No, no. I don't have any stuff. <laughs> we haven't even I talked about stuff. I have any stuff, yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming you mean all the things you just listed, basically. Right, yeah. Wife, children, yes, job, exactly. you know, whatever. Exactly. Cabin Health. in the woods. Cabin in the woods. Health, Health. yeah, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, what what draws you to people? Mm. That's a good question. Um, I think... Um, I find myself being much more selective about the people I want to spend time with these days. Uh, my wife always says, oh, you just don't want to have any more friends. You feel like you have enough friends already. That's what she says. And I'm like, well, I guess that's one way to put it. It's <laughs> partially how I feel, well, but I also I think, think at this age, you, you have, we do often have a lot of friends and, um, and, and the prospect of a new one can sometimes feel like I don't have time for that. You know, I had too much going on, but I found, I found in the last year that I'm like, maybe I do need some new friends, (laughs) you know, maybe I need some (laughs) friends that don't think they know me so well. Come on. I'm okay. I'm opening up now. Okay. Let's open up a little bit. I'm going to, I can open up to the possibilities, I think of, um, of new relationships, I guess. And it it, is, it is like, uh, there's that, uh, one of my. Um, oldest and closest friends uh, and bandmates uh, is uh, just took a time management class. <laughs> she, she's for yeah, she's forty two. She's probably <laughs> out of your out of your out of your window, old lady. <clears throat> but she, uh, um, yeah, she uh, just said it changed her life. So I figure it's all about how we choose to spend our time. Truly, you, you yeah. got. I just heard this statistic <laughs> today that if we have twenty five thousand days on the planet. Only about 4,500 of them are waking life time spent the way we want to spend it, right? So Choice not time. obliged mm-hmm. or sleeping. Yeah. 4,500 days. I know. That's, I mean, <laughs> yeah. And then you're, God. And then you you think about how many are already gone. And then you're Seriously. like, oh my God, all that. 
all that den of iniquity talk my parents were using when about my the, my first uh, house I lived in when I moved out of their house. Yep, that was time wasted a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but very important, I think, on the formative uh, track that I went on. No regrets. Uh, yeah, right? If I would have just been really moderate, I would have never made some of those, uh, um, uh, what are they? They're like, what do you call it when it's like the... The, the limit something can take before the threshold decision, right? It's like yeah. you're, you've reached your threshold and you're like, something's got to change Yeah, right exactly. Now. Yes. That's how I made most of the great decisions in my life, bro. Right. <laughs> Forced into, back into I a corner. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> That's right. You're like, well, if I don't make a choice now, it's going to change now. I'm in so wait, trouble. did we get off tra- topic? Sorry. Uh, um, how do I, uh, what do I, how do I like What to, draws you what draws people? Did you answer people? that? I can't Well, remember. you know, I, uh, no, I didn't. I okay. just went around the, around the way. I just was trying to, tell you that I didn't want to, I'm not, I don't want to be drawn to anyone. No, I'm I don't kidding. want any more friends. <laughs> but then you changed my, you opened my eyes a little bit and I realized I was just being closed minded. Well, I mean, even if you talk about what draws you to the people who are already in your life, yeah. what is it about them that yeah. you love, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I definitely am drawn to, um, to folks that, um, gosh, I mean, I, 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 they're familiar, right? I mean, like my friends, I, I they're my friends because I, I've shared so much time with them and I'm drawn to people who are um, creative. I mean, because I find that those are the circles that I'm in, you know, so the people I cho- tend to run into um, are um, people that are doing stuff, mm-hmm. you know, what, whatever it is. I mean, it's all over the place. Well, not just doing stuff, but doing Artistic stuff, stuff they like. Yes, yeah. they're, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, usually not as their primary job, <laughs> job right. you know, yeah. right? How they make money. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, that that bonds me with folks. Um, and also, I, you know, I mean, my kids, there's, there's all these developmental things, you know. I mean, when you share time with, with people that have kids, I mean, I don't, people who don't have kids often don't like to hang out with people who have kids unless they hope to have kids someday or right, something like right. that, you know. And so it's like, I got some friends that are, not as tolerant, you know, to be around kids, and um, my kids don't even run around screaming all the time, you know. So, yeah, so like, they seem like they're, they're pretty com- a little older easy. than that. Yeah, at this yeah, point, yeah, right? yeah, totally. <laughs> they're they're easy going. So, right. you know, I feel like that's part of it. Is um, I'm around people who share um, a philosophy of parenting and mm-hmm. and like being around the kids. It's very um, non indoctrinated and um, um, you know morally. Um, our own set of morals that just don't have to do with the dogma of, of religion and shame, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty deep, but like, I don't do shame anymore. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's that's what happens when you're raised, raised religious and then you kind of reject it. It's like, fuck shame. No, I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> yeah, and totally. so I definitely don't, don't do that with my kids. Mm-hmm. Don't like it being done mm-hmm. to people. Yeah. So, sure. yeah, but I'm so, drawn. That's like a, you know, a non-quality. That's well, like that's draws okay. to me. The, it's like, as the, long as the you The opposite don't have. of that question is what repels you. What, yeah, what right. kind of people repel you? And you're kind of answering that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Dogmatic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Too morally bound to something that mm-hmm. um, is more gray than black or white, which mm-hmm. it seems to be. I don't know if it's enlightenment on the collective consciousness scale or whatever it is. I enjoy going to there's some kind of woo woo places in my mind of, you know, we're all part of this, <laughs> we're all part of this consciousness. And, um, there are definitely people vibrating at a lower level that are, that are bound to ideas and root ru- and rules that divide people mm-hmm. and don't bring people together yeah. and that make people feel shame or for being who they are or, right. you know, or anything, any of that. Mm-hmm. So I don't have any tolerance for that anymore. Me neither. Amen. <laughs> um, tell me about if if there is there something in your world right now that feels like a new experience. Wow. Yeah. I. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, fatherhood is constantly, you know, mm-hmm. uh, keeping me on my toes. And uh, my daughter's, you know, going to be a sixth grader next year, and and um, I really am pr- uh, conscious of that those time, those hours, I don't know how many I haven't counted them yet, but the, those number of choice hours together <laughs> that we have, mm-hmm. you know, is, it's already half. I don't know. I don't, she doesn't have to leave ever, but, <laughs> but she, probably, she probably will want to, because I can come on a little strong. <laughs> and uh, so, um, she may want to stretch herself out a little bit, but, um, 
I hope that um, to spend that time with her, and that's always new, and and uh, my son as well. But other than the parenting, I think you know. I mean, my my ear surgery last year. I mean, so I last April. I'm just a year. I'm almost one year away from a, a patch surgery on the outside of my cochlea of, uh, for a tear in my cochlea that had turned my world upside down completely. So Ooh, I stopped working last. Um, January because of the dizziness and the um, neurological symptoms, the electrical neurological symptoms, full, full body wide. Um, I was crawling in my own skin. Man, I couldn't keep no a conversation. No one talks about this. Ner- okay. So nerve problems, right? Yeah. Electrical. I had a, I had a low back thing that mm. created a lot of nerve problems and there's nothing worse than that because it's, I don't even, I'm not a doctor. I don't really know how to talk about it like scientifically, but what it does to you, it's, it's in your head. It's literally in your head and yeah. it is in your head. It, mm. it, it's not visible. It's, from the outside, it's for physical, sure. but it's also <laughs> mental at the same time. But in a way that is so strange, you can't explain it and you can't escape it. When my wife finally went to the doctor with me, <laughs> she was like, are you kidding me? There's a pamphlet on your condition. And I was like, I just, I, I'm just trying to hold it all together here. You know, it's like I hold on to the wall as I go down the hall, Yeah. you know, to go anywhere. Why was she surprised that there was a pamphlet? Well, because I was having trouble describing what I was going through. Uh-huh. And yeah. I was, I had, I was gradually losing gr- grasp of not only my sense of self, because I wasn't sure that my own yeah. like person was coming back. Right. Because I was losing. I was losing all my functioning, just my capacity for interaction wow. uh, and um, stimuli. So like lights and sounds and anything else going on, I could only process just a fraction mm-hmm. of what I was doing. Yeah, they could measure. It's just, it's, it's, I learned a lot about the inner ear. They could measure the signal that was coming from my left ear to my brain was like, a thousand times the one on my right. I might wow. have made up that number, wow. but it was a lot. I mean, it was like, a, uh, and it was just in like amplitude because it was misfiring. There was just a misfire, so it's just like sending a, such a greater signal. And so my all the functions, even your my brain trying to um, trying to just balance itself. So all the involuntary mm-hmm. uh, things that we do, our body does that we take for granted, just like, uh, your body doesn't, your brain doesn't have to think that your feet are on the ground. Mm-hmm. It just knows it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to try to keep them there. But that was knows. happening to you, but I was losing grip of that. And so like wow. my, just, it felt like my spirit was leaving, you know? And I, so I was having trouble with, um, that plus, you know, I've got severe tinnitus from rocking and rolling and like chains on. Um, was it know. apparent that it was an ear problem right away? Yeah, fortunately, I mean, the guy who recorded two of our record albums had the same symptom. And so he went to a specialist in in Portland, and I went and saw him, and he took this archaic surgery where they used to drill through your cranium, you know, and go in, like, through the, yeah, to get into your ear, and he just goes through the ear hole, and he takes a punch of your own cartilage from your ear, slices it really thin, lays it over the outside of the cochlea because it fits perfectly, and then cauterizes it with a little bit of a laser put some little stuff behind it to hold it in place and then told me not to move. So that's why I was sitting on the chair for my birthday. Oh, I see. Well, so now we're getting to it. Yeah, okay. yeah. Coming all right around. <laughs> it's uh, sitting on the chair for three weeks, bed rest, another five without um, physical exertion, like yoga. Right. Don't, don't turn your head upside down. <laughs> yes, exactly. So did you immediately feel relief? Yep. Day after surgery. Man, me too. Had from the back all thing. My stuff, Isn't that a really? great feeling? Mm-hmm. You're like, and it's so interesting too, cause you can, it's so interesting to me that you can be so tortured by something and then literally the next day not be. And then you're like, God damn medicine is a privilege. I mean, it's such a privilege. Like so many people can't yeah. afford or never consider nope. surgery and surgery sometimes mm-hmm. is yeah. night and day for your life. Yeah. You know, one of wow. my six bandmates, not the, not the breaker upper, but the, uh, one of the other ones that left, um, has just and he's he's our age, you know. He just it's completely broken mentally, mm. and and I don't that's this isn't his issue, but I'm convinced that there's a lot of folks out there uh, suffering from neurological things yeah. that um that make you your psyche break, that make you like <laughs> such a fragile <laughs> disassociate. system. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
And that's uh, another part of, gr- of growing up. You know, you're watching people um, that you knew know, <laughs> like like brothers or sisters or um, spouses or whatever that lose themselves. Yeah. Another reason to be grateful. Right. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. that's, uh, that's, that's definitely it. Yeah. Very grateful. Cool. So in a way, so the question was what make, what's a new experience? And I think, Did I answer it? I think you, well, I think you answered it beautifully, <laughs> but I think, um, I think what you're saying is that, um, having gone through that pain and that experience, everything's a little bit new because mm-hmm. it's yes. so great to be on the other side of it. Thank you. That's it, well. That's well put. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it is. Fr- it's fresh, right? And you get a. You it get gives a you a new, a new lease on life. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Yeah. To have it all together, oh. holding it all together, still. Right. <laughs> Successfully, sort of. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you miss about the pre-internet years? <laughs> oh wow! I know it's like, I think generation. Like some people that think that we're not even generation X or so we're in this like after mm-hmm. label, right? Mm-hmm. This whatever the tweener label was. I don't know why or not even why. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I um, I feel like we should have our own label. We should make it up ourselves. It should be like the the keepers or something. Is that, is that Ooh, have a nice like that. Like that. <laughs> Although it sounds a little religious. <laughs> Damn it. You can't See, escape I'm, it. I can't escape it. No, I'm totally indoctrinated <laughs> in that stuff. I'd be like, oh yeah, we're, the we're better than everybody yeah. else. <laughs> right? Exactly. No, it's totally those, the same way. No, you can't join our club unless you want to forever. We were grown-ups before <laughs> the internet existed and we've lived through it and we're still grown-ups and so we know more than everyone else. I agree. I would just say perspective probably. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, lo- I love that, you know. I mean, I'm just like oh my god. And I watch middle schoolers do crazy shit in their classrooms every day of my job. I literally go from classroom to classroom and watch this next generation who is doesn't know any di- doesn't know any different? So the other side right. of that question, I guess. But um, yeah, so I'm like watching them, and I'm thinking, wow, they got no, they have no idea, and it's all the firsts. I think for me, like uh, we had the first grand opening of the first computer lab at our middle school. Right, I remember computer literacy <laughs> in seventh grade, where you're like making pixel change, pixels change colors. Totally, that happened in our lifetime. It totally did. Yeah, yeah. to to. Might have been two quarters of keyboard. I don't even think they do keyboarding anymore. Like how to type. You're just supposed oh, to yeah. already know. You're supposed to know that like when you read like kindergarten. Well, no. Or now you just know how to thumb type, yeah. right? Like no, you yeah, don't even yeah. know it's how to actually type. It's not even like position. Yeah. Like, yeah, finger position. Like these things like already outdated. Yeah, right? for sure. So we got to watch it all. I got to say. come and go. I'm so, I'm super appreciative of learning how to keyboard when I was in school. Me too. I type faster than most people I know and I don't have to look at the keyboard. It's one, it's one of the <laughs> biggest compliments I get from middle schoolers out there. They're right. like, man, you type fast. Wow. And I'm like, yeah, my middle school teachers made me do it (laughs) and they don't teach cursive anymore which first i know i sound like 112 but like cursive is awesome it's a fast way to write but kids don't write anymore so they don't need to know it it's true it's true heartbreaking yeah their fingers get tired when they just by gripping a pencil like what i can't write a whole letter what are you talking about (laughs) edit didn't the software do that for me right i don't have to know how to spell words (laughs) no right that's so you're so old yeah Mm -hmm. i like that though that's a good question what are some issues you care about oh man this is um kind of a wild time to be alive um there's and so many layers of concern (laughs) i think that um Part of part of me, I, I do this to all your questions. It must be something. I don't me. mind how no, you no, answer no. questions. That's cool. It's totally good. No, no, no. Um, They're just a jumping no, off I know, point. I know. Um, I'm having some self-awareness. Um, so I have tried to protect myself in the time that I worry because that's that. Uh, I've, I believe in this, this gratitude versus worry ratio, sort of. <laughs> if I could just spend more time being grateful um, about stuff in, in the now. Um, Cuts your worry time. Yeah, and that's like praying. You know that's you know the phrase. What they say? It's like praying for the stuff you don't want to happen. Right. <laughs> it's like, so I don't know. Um, that resonates with my indoctrination and, yeah. and everything. So, um, but the you know I think that back you know the drawing back of um, civil liberties is um, shocking. Um, 
and also very reminiscent. And so I have worry that the fa- the fascism that we've all gotten sort of used to this corporate corporatized control that we just say, well, that's just the way it is. That's just, that's the part of the, that's the problem. And it has always been part of the problem is that that hasn't been squashed as a precursor of, um, dictatorship and fascism that literally kills people who are different. So, um, I have that fear. Yeah, I have that. I have that fear. Um, and I guess that's a global fear kind of, even though it's, uh, you, we now see it trickling down to, you know, it's just our own, our own, um, the disenfranchised groups. I don't know. You could, we could start listing them. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. People of color, mm-hmm. transgenders. We've got people that don't have uh, women, just wimp, just, just wimp, just, just half. half the population. Just half, yeah. you know, like, so when we're starting to talk about that um, as <laughs> getting worse instead of getting better, I have fear around that. Um, yeah. And then I, um, I fear mostly right now for corporate um, education. You know, and that um, we are now in a spot where uh, there is no (laughs) precedent for um, charter schools being better for anyone. And no one, the the lawmakers don't care about that right now. Mm -hmm. And we don't have funding that really provides what what the schools need. And that's always this weird like, oh, so we're arguing over, you know, how many millions do you need, you know, and. PPS is huge bureaucracy. I mean, it's thousands and thousands of moving parts and responsibilities and dollars, millions and millions. You go in a lot of different directions. So I don't discount the complexity of our systems today, like, because they are. And that's part of their, it's part of their difficulty with them functioning is that they're so huge, you know, it's hard. We, and then when we ask a couple of uh, humans, to be in charge of them, mm-hmm. to make all the decisions, okay, and then whatever you decide, you know, we'll just go along with it until we get pissed off enough to you'll get fired and you'll get a good severance and right. you'll get another job and go work for the Gates Foundation or something like that. And then you'll be like, oh, this is how it works. So I'm afraid for um, um, people who believe that um, business leaders can run schools better than even teachers. I mean, Seriously? it's not like the Finns don't exist. The what? The the people from Finland. Oh, the Finns. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were talking about a family of people called the Finns. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, an, it's an educational acronym. <laughs> um, um, yeah. They, uh, it's like, it's not as if there aren't models out there where um, shared leadership happens. I don't know that it could in this country, frankly, because we weren't raised no. to cooperate. You're right. You know, we weren't taught. We're raised to compete and Practice. to step on each other. Yeah, so it's true. It's tricky. Yeah, it is tricky. That's what I worry about. That's my. Those are my issues. Good issues. Good issues. And I have one final question for you, sir. I've enjoyed this. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Yeah. Thank you. I like hearing my voice in the earphones too. I like your voice. It's great. <laughs> you're gonna make a good. You're gonna make a good podcast uh, guest here. Um, what do you hope for? Yeah. Hmm. I like to, I like the idea of wishing, you know, well wishing. Um, but that ain't how shit gets done. <laughs> that doesn't mean that it's, I still don't have time for it. Uh, I, uh, I, I, I wish um, my kids just the right amount of struggle so they um, learn to, the value of stuff, <laughs> the value of the things that matter in life and that they can, um, you know, have, have be grateful for their privilege. That's trickled down. I wish for, um, you know, a strengthening of my relationship with my wife <laughs> and you know, that, that to grow over time. Um, and we're both very practical people that are like to get into our routines and so um i hope that yeah we can grow in making time you know for each other and uh strengthen that relationship and um i I really hope to just be like um a not too old of a man with a couple of simple things that he likes to do that bring him joy (laughs) and um and um and that i can learn new things yeah 
I mean, I just want to keep keep learning, and I'd like to get to a point where I'm not so dependent on making so much money, or <laughs> I just there's things that matter more, and so and right now it's like mortgage is a mortgage. So what the hell are you gonna do? I mean, I can't afford rent. <laughs> I know. Like, not you know, in this town. Like, no way. It's like, no, thank you for my mortgage. I no, I'm very glad that that I have that. Um, and um, as soon as I can figure out um, a way to feed myself, huh? mm-hmm. you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Clothe myself and use clothing that doesn't turn people off that I hope to meet, and um, simple shelter. <laughs> that I can live my days out with um, old and new friends, and um, you know my my people that, that um, love me because I love them. You know, and, and I, we've because we've spent so much time together, and I don't want it to be complicated. <laughs> so that's wishy. You that's, want a simple life. I want a simple. I'm a simple man. <laughs> I want a simple things. I'm just, you know, I'd like to whittle. Some stuff. <laughs> Is that true? Um, not exactly whittle. <laughs> I, I've got a few projects. I've got other side projects. So okay. I'm going to make canes. I'm going to make canes. I've got a model design that I, my great-grandfather's cane. Sweet. I'm going to make some canes. Uh, woodworking. Uh, I'd, as soon as my wife goes back to school and does something else, learn, I think she's going to be a teacher, I think I'll be a luthier. What's that? Ah, it's non-religious role it's an <laughs> instrument maker oh cool <laughs> i can awesome. find a place to uh, yeah apprentice that'd be sweet is it is it a, a stringed a, instrument oh stringed yeah, instrument yeah, maker yeah, i'm yeah. like is it specific wood, yeah wood, wood string wood instrument. instruments yeah that sounds I think good that would be fun that'd be sweet right yeah a little fun. workshop repair some stuff and make some stuff um but cool thanks for that question yeah i do like to hope Turns out you do like to hope. See, you've opened my eyes today. I'm so glad. Goodness. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. I feel like I should pay you. You should. So. It's going to be 50 bucks. Um, <laughs> hearing myself talk is you like didn't such read therapy. That in the, uh, in the <laughs> <laughs> like, is there a bill here? Wait a minute. Um, thank you so much, Gage, for being on the show. Appreciate thank it. you, Lou. It was nice being here with you. Thank you.